Welcome to this Grandma's Life podcast. I'm your host, Thesea Ellis. Get ready to laugh, learn, and grow with me as we explore growing older in an ever-changing world. Today is September 28, 2023. This is episode 47, Recommitment. Um, let's see, farm happenings. Let's get started on that. And I'm sorry you got beeping. I need to figure out how to turn that part off. All right, Sydney has a new home. The cat that adopted us, the cat that has decided that he's going to live with us no matter how we felt about it over a whole lot of trial and error and trying to find different things we find somebody finally came i met them on the other side of tulsa they were worried about whether the cat was a mouser and he is a good mouser and i was really grateful i'm not a cat person i mean i've got mopar i love mopar he he stays in the barn well okay he stayed in the barn until we got sydney and then when he discovered we had sydney they would square off with each other quite a bit. So that was a problem. And uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm glad that Sydney has found a home. I earnestly pray that both the cat and the new owners are happy with each other. And I have to admit, it's nice to walk through my house and not have to worry about the cat being under my feet or anything like that. I think that was one of the biggest problems I had with him is he was always trying to walk right in my feet and then i'm i'm too old to fall and i would get really mad whenever i would trip over that cat so so he's gone i'm glad i pray that the new the new owners like him and that they are all getting along well uh, kenzie and i are still doing physical therapy i'm loving physical therapy it's hard work i'm very tired i'm very sore i'm exhausted afterward uh, but physical therapy, I knew it was going to be rough going into it, you know, and they always tell you that physical therapy is a lot of work and, and you can psych yourself up and say, yeah, yeah, I can do it. And I can, I've enjoyed it. It's very tiring, but I really like it mainly because I'm seeing some results and I like my physical therapist. Not only is she, uh, am I seeing results with her, but she knows that I'm going to give her a hundred percent and she knows that i'm doing my physical therapy at home and she and she has this interesting look in her eye when she goes what can i do now to get you down the road you know and one of the things i asked her at one point i said you know i used to run and jump and play i said i understand i'm 61 and i'm getting older but i would really like to be able to run and jump again and she goes we'll take you as far as you want to go and i'm thinking yeah cool well last week i pushed you a little bit too much I started, she, she cleared me to do step aerobics, you know, low intensity and stuff like that. Well, I did low intense or, you know, low impact, put it that way. I did the low impact step aerobics, but the tempo of the, of the song was a little high. <laughs> so I was really stepping in that, and my knee swelled up and my foot swelled up. So yeah, so, and I, I, uh, I confessed my sin to her the next time, but uh, I don't know. I like her. I like, I like the, the results I'm getting. Kenzie, on the other hand, is struggling. She wanted to go through a couple of physical therapies. She wanted to be 100%. She, softball season is over, so she's not running on the dirt anymore. So now she's running on hardwood floors, and apparently that's hurting her knee. And she wants to be able to do the physical therapy and get out and do 100% on the basketball floor. She's very competitive. She's a very tiny person, but she's very competitive. And every time she does 100% on the basketball floor, it sets her back for a few days. And so I'm trying to, to – Two counselors like, uh, you know, this is a tendon in injury. You need to let it have a little bit of time to heal. Get out slowly. By the time the actual basketball season starts, you, you should be 100% by that time. And, you know, we're trying to com com uh, um, communicate with the therapist to let them know that she's still having some struggles and stuff, too. And we're um, 
experimenting with different wraps and tapes and uh, not braces, but what's a uh, <clears throat> uh, compression thing, you know. So we're experimenting with all that. So hopefully she doesn't hurt so much anymore. But yep, we are, we're still doing both, doing physical therapy. Yep, softball season is over. Uh, as much I love softball, I love sports. I know that when we get into going into the basketball season, I'm going to be going to each and every game and recording each and every game and doing everything I can. But I have to admit, the times in between time is also kind of a nice for me. It gives me chance chance to get caught up on some of my editing, editing, get caught up on a little bit of the work done around here, and that's the stage I'm in right now, getting back into the groove of. And maybe hopefully being a little more uh, uh, regular with podcasts, being a little more regular with my YouTube uh, videos, and certainly more regular with the work that needs to be done around here. So, yep, softball season's over, and we're just going to be waiting for um, uh, basketball season starting. I think it's next month. No, I don't know when it starts. I got my new scythe. I think I talked, I've got a YouTube channel. Uh, not, I got a YouTube video out about that. It was like, I think, uh, seven reasons why I wanted to scythe. And I will state that that scythe has lived up to my expectations. I really, really appreciated it. Um, I still, I'm not doing like long-term, you know, like big projects or anything, but I'm knocking down some weeds. I'm knocking down a few things here and there that I just couldn't knock down before. And even this morning when I was after I done chores, I went and knocked down some tall stuff and I threw it into my pigs. And I got it's on a it's gonna be on TikTok. I think I already put it out on TikTok, uh, showing Daisy munching away at the grass. You know, Idaho pasture pigs like that grass, and I need to start providing more for them. And this was a another way for me to do that. And it was it's been a nice way for me to kind of keep some stuff knocked down that was not being knocked down. And uh, I'm liking it. I like my scythe. I'm looking forward to doing more with it. Um, since the last time we spoke, my, my parents had their 62nd anniversary. I was born 11 months after they were married. Um, as you know, a couple months ago, I went to Florida to take care of them. Dad's still hanging in there <laughs> and knowing my dad, he will fight death till his very, very last breath. And then just to spite everybody, he'll probably take one more breath. You know, and I'm not wishing him to die. Don't get me wrong. You just got you. I cannot stress the level of stubbornness that runs in my family. I inherited it. I know I did. And I've often maintained that it's gotten me out of a lot of spots in life. But at the same time, it's gotten me into a few of them. But but so in general, my, my brother's taking excellent care of them. He's doing an excellent job. I think mom and dad, as a general rule, are pretty happy with how things are going. They didn't want to give up their independence. I understand they didn't want to give up their independence. But dad is be, um, dad can't make that decision for himself anymore. I'm not even sure how cognitively how much he's even there anymore. Uh, he slips in and out pretty bad. So that's uh, one of those things. Okay, so this is about my second start of this podcast. I started all over because my granddaughter called me, and just now we took a short break because I had the door closed and Beethoven went in. If I don't open the door, he'll keep scratching and scratching until he gets in. It is very annoying, and and uh, uh, so I just took a moment to open the door so he can come here and lie down. So, yep, wish mom and dad their 62nd happy anniversary, and uh, uh. 
well, and I'm, I'm staying on top of that one. My brother is liquidating their stuff. I guess I think he's putting a new roof on their house. They got build. They, they bought this house. When they bought this house, it was not in great condition. They didn't even have a back porch, and so they had to board up the back door and stuff like that. <laughs> Which the same situation I have in this house. Imagine that. But Eugene's going to have a back porch uh, built on. He's having a new roof put on it. He's selling the house. He sold their car. Thank God in heaven. Uh, my brother sold mom and dad's car because they were both convinced that they could still drive. And I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, it's only by the grace of God that they have not killed somebody. Certainly dad. Uh, mom mom always continue, uh, maintains that she could drive. And I don't believe she has. Dad has always maintained that he could drive and he's been driving and he should not be on the road. He shouldn't have been on the road probably at least for the last, at least the last five years. So uh, I'm glad that I'm really grateful he sold their car. It was starting to cost him a lot of money anyway. They already had to spend some money on an alternator and two or three things had gone out on it. So it was costing them money and he managed to do it without anybody getting killed. Very grateful for that. All right. I had uh, some eggs in the incubator and I've ended up with 11 baby chicks uh, so I can have some layers for next year because I always try to expand my layer flock and if you remember I had bought I think I said 25 chicks and in the heat of terrible terrible heat of the summer they died they I, they were in the big in the incubator they didn't have a heat lamp on them but it was the heat was just too much and I lost every last one of those little guys and that really broke my heart honestly so i've i've has i've set aside just a uh, a dozen or two eggs because i you know because i was then i had a problem where i didn't even have enough eggs to serve my service my customers and that's part of the reason i bought more chicks but i did i did a couple of dozen and end up with 11 baby chicks this time and now uh just a week or so ago i started 31 more eggs and i think i'm down to 29 eggs because i did candling and stuff yesterday so I've got another set of incubate of eggs incubating, and maybe that'll get me uh, a good start. And I know yeah, I'm going to have roosters and stuff, but I'm but I'm going to, uh, but maybe it'll help me uh, expand my flock a little bit. I don't know. I don't know if it's expansion or just replacing the ones that are getting older and and uh, uh, not producing as much as they used to. We'll just have to see. I had to do some work on the incubator. Well, actually, Tom did it for me, and I was grateful for that. Uh, because the incubator is designed the way it is, it was hard to clean out. And uh, I mean, like literally you had to take screws out and take it all apart and stuff like that. And um, last year, I think it was last year, year before I plugged it in and the turner in it just fried and, and uh, threw sparks everywhere. And it was just really a hassle. So I, I just took the turner completely out. And, uh, and then I've been turning it by hand. And then after I cleaned the between these two sets of eggs being incubated, the um, monitor for humidifier has gone and it, it the monitor doesn't work, you know, and so it thinks it's at 20% all the time and it beeps and beeps and beeps and it wouldn't quit beeping. And even the part that said 20% would fade in and out. So last week or last Saturday, Tom, and I went out there to the barn and, and uh, uh, took it apart. And uh, and I think that's how I lost one of my eggs. Even as careful as I was, I was wrapping them up in the towel and then putting them. And then after we were done putting it back, but I think one of them got cracked during that episode. 
So he just took that that beeper out. He messed with it. Tom messed with it and found where, where it was beeping from. And he just completely took it out. And I don't miss it. Not one little bit. Because it went from, I mean, I know I was in the barn, but it just beeped incessantly. And, and high tones are very painful to my ears. And I didn't want to hear it. So I'm grateful for that. Kenzie has turned 17 years old. And that's been, and she's a, she's a good kid and I'm very grateful for her. And it's kind of weird when you're a parent and you realize that your kid is 17 years old, you go, Oh, I'm kind of getting old. Think about how old my grand, my kid is. Well, I'm the grandma and I've got a 17 year old. Of course, she's got an older brother that's 21. And so Kenzie has reminded me that I'm old enough to be a great grandma. And I Grandma's one thing. I mean, I've kind of embraced that. Obviously, this grandma's life, grandma's homestead, all that other stuff. But great grandma, mm, I'm not having trouble with that one. But thank God Joseph is not <laughs> producing children either. Kenzie, thank God. So we got, uh, but she is 17 now. She's a junior this year, and she's going to be, obviously, she's going to be senior next year. Whew, I feel it makes me feel old. I don't know. It's just kind of hard to think about, but she, she just turned 17 and we had a nice little get together for her. I finally started working on my bathroom remodel again. It's been, it's been months since I worked on it. And that's part of my recommitment thing too, is I've, I've just got to get it done. I'm going to have to get it done. I, I, I started working on, it. Oh guys, I am not mechanically inclined, not even one teeny tiny little bit. And, ah, uh, uh, that's part of the reason that this remodel is taking so long is because I am so inept. My only thing is just like my father, I'm stubborn and I really need a bathroom. <laughs> I want my bathroom back. So I have started work on it again and you'll start seeing um, on my uh, grandma's homestead channel. You'll start, you're going to start seeing some videos about the bathroom remodel. My three things today was physical therapy and step aerobics at home. I did do the physical therapy. I ran out of time to do the step aerobics and because uh, um, Tom's Aunt Frankie, she's 90 years old, wonderful lady. I love her to death. Then uh, they needed me to deliver some eggs to her. Her family did and uh, check on her and stuff. And uh, that's what I did. So, so I didn't do the step aerobics, I, but I did do my physical therapy at home. And uh, that's so, uh, I don't know, PT and physical and physical therapy and step aerobics. I only did half of that. I did get the eggs delivered to her and to another customer. So that was my second of my two things, three things. And the third thing is record and post this podcast. So right in the middle of recording it. And I will plan on getting this posted before the end of the day. But I got to hurry and get this recorded because I've got to get down the road to take Kenzie to physical therapy. What I'm reading, The Happiness Advantage by Sean Acor, um, written in 2010. We're on the chapter called Principle Number Two, The Fulcrum and the Lever. Let me see on page 66. This Now, I'm going to read a, a pretty large excerpt here, but it was fascinating. Okay, It's called Turning Back the Clock, and it starts on page 66. It says, if there's anything we thought we could be sure of, is that time moves in only one direction. That is the prevailing view anyway. Right up until my mentor, Ellen Langer, proved it wrong with me in one brilliant stroke. In 1979, Langer designed a week-long experiment on a group of 75-year-old men. The men knew little about the nature of the experiment, except that they would be gone for a week at a retreat center, and they could bring along no pictures, newspapers, magazines, or books dated later than 1959. 
When they arrived, the men gathered in a room and told and told that for the next week they were to pretend as though it was the year 1959, a time when these 75-year-old men were merely 55 years young. To reinforce the scenario, they were supposed to dress and act like they did at the time, and they were given ID badges with pictures of themselves in their mid-50s. Over the course of the week, they were instructed to talk about President Eisenhower and other events in their lives that happened at that time. Some took to referring to, to their old, old jobs in the present tense as if they had never retired. Life and Saturday Evening Post issues were from 1959 were displayed on the coffee tables. In short, everything was designed to make them see the world through the lenses of being 55. Langer is a road psych, rogue psychologist for nearly 40 years. She has challenged the expectations of the scientific community in ways no one saw coming. True to form, in this case, she had truly radical hypothesis. She wanted to prove that our mental construction, the way we conceive ourselves, has a direct influence upon the physical, a, physical aging process. Langer had other words for it, but essentially she was arguing that by moving the fulcrum and lever of these 75-year-old men, she could change the objectivity, the objective reality of their age. And that is exactly what happened. Before the retreat, the men were tested on every aspect. We reassumed deteriorates with age, physical strength, posture, perception, cognition, and short-term memory. After the retreat, most of the men had improved in every category. They were significantly more flexible and had better posture and even much improved hand strength. Their average eyesight even improved by almost 10%, as did the performance on the test of memory and over half the men. Intelligence, long thought to be fixed from adolescence, moved up as well. Even their physical appearance changed. Random people didn't know anything about the experiment, were shown pictures of the men both before and after the experiment, and asked to guess their age. Based on these objective ratings, the men looked on average three years younger than when they arrived. This flew in the face of everything that we thought we understood about psychology and aging and revealed radical new implications about the power of the mindset to shape reality. As we'll discover in this chapter, our next external reality is far more malleable than any of us, many of us think, and far more dependent on the eyes through which we review it, which we view it. With the right mindset, our power to dictate this reality in turn results of our actions increases exponentially. I thought that was fascinating. And I think I had to think about that for a while because, you know, I've been talking about being 61, being older, feeling older and all that other stuff. And that kind of put into perspective that I needed to rethink how I think about myself. I mean, I don't want to be delusional, but I do want to I do want to use my brain and the way I think and talk and do to be a younger person than what I am. And, uh, you know. I, I don't know. That's just one of the uh, things that ha had me thinking about. Okay. And on page 84 and 85, it's talking about the Pygmalion effect. I wasn't familiar with this one, but it's when our belief in another person's potential brings that potential to life. So it says here that the naturally the Pygmalion effect can be a very powerful tool in business. So if you're a leader, leader, whether of three people or 300, Remember that the power to affect results rests not just in who's on your team, but how you leverage your team. Every Monday, ask yourself these three questions. Number one, do I believe that the intelligence and skills of my employees are not fixed, but can be improved with effort? 
Number two, do I believe that my employees want to make the effort just as they want to find meaning and fulfillment in their jobs? And number three, how am I conveying these beliefs in my daily words and actions? So yeah, I, this that was this was an interesting book for me to read. Uh, kind of helped me understand the Pygmalion effect and uh, how to apply it to my life. Not necessarily we just were employees and stuff, but also, but I think that that experiment they did with those men who were 75 and had to pretend like they were 55. I thought that was really interesting. Okay. What I'm listening to, I am now listening to Dune by Frank Herbert. And that's so, uh, that's on my audiobooks. I've just gotten started on it, but that's been kind of an interesting, um, I don't know what you call it. Listen, I guess it's a listen. I don't know. Other things I'm learning. Ah, I've been trying to do some research. And one of the things I'm researching is the Great Depression. And I'll talk to you a little bit more about this later on in this podcast. But um, one of the things I'm learning is the bank, the bank run of, 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 of is it, yeah, 1930. I, I remember people talking about the stock market crash of 29 that probably started the Great Depression and all that stuff. But the more I'm researching about the Great Depression, I have to, I'm having to decide how much of it did I actually learn and how much of it did I remember properly and how much of it was just never taught to me. I do not remember the bank runs of 1930. And uh, that was an interesting uh, thing. Uh, basically a guy and they don't even know who it was was reading an article thinking that the uh the bank of the united states that this person in the article was indicating they didn't think that the bank of the united states was a um healthy bank and so this man had gone to the bank and said he wanted to take out all of this and well what i said it says stock but i think it's money he wanted to withdraw everything and uh, they had tried to talk him out of it. I do not, from what I've seen of it so far, I couldn't tell if they did or not. But the man then went around telling everybody that he could not get his money. And it started a bank run. And within 24 hours, uh, the money, the bank was completely out of money and had to close down. And before it was over, 600 banks in the United States were closed, leaving 23 states without banks at all. And I do not remember learning that, but I thought it was interesting. So that's something else that I'm learning right now. I'm always learning stuff. I just don't, sometimes I don't remember what it is I was learning to pass on to you, but I do remember that one. Uh, what I'm writing, I am still working on my book. I'm probably going to be working on it for a very long time uh, uh, with the working title of how to enjoy the men in your life and enjoy your life when they're gone. So I'm working on that one uh, right now. I'm uh, dealing with the subject of, some things to consider and uh, think about, or you know, to think about and to implement. And, and when you are looking for a mate, when you are into the dating scene and stuff, you know, what do you like about that person? Can you? What is it that that you might think will be cute now, but down the road is going to make you absolutely grind your teeth? So I don't know. There's a lot of little different aspects of that. That I, that's a part I'm writing about in that book. Okay, quote of the day: Be regular and orderly in your life so that you may be violent and original in your work. Gustave Flaubert. And I liked this quote, and I think part of it is because I'm trying to be regular in my work. I'm always working, but I kind of get scattered. You know, when I go to softball games, I was working. I'm videoing. I'm doing stuff. I'm cheering for my granddaughter. I'm being the, the grandma. I am being Kinsey's number one fan. But... <coughs> Other aspects of my life kind of get put aside when you're having three and four softball games a week and uh, dealing with the footage that comes with it and stuff too. 
so the podcast wasn't regular, the videos weren't regular, stuff like that. So that's what I'm trying to that, that's the reason I chose this quote it is so to remind me to be regular. So the quote again is be regular and orderly in your life so that you may be violent and original in your work. Gustave Flaubert. And <laughs> like, any, like a Frenchman, he has an interesting, uh, I love looking up these people who do these quotes. You just never know, you know, because I get quotes like recently, if you follow me on Instagram or, or TikTok, I've done a couple of Ty Pennington um, quotes of stuff. But this one is the uh, Flaubert was a French novelist that lived from 1821 to 1880. And uh, though he wrote several novels, he is known for his work with Madame Bovary. And I'll be perfectly honest, I've heard of Madame Bovary. I have not read it. Don't know anything about the, the storyline at all, but I did recognize the name of the book. He studied law in Paris, but hated the city and quit law after he had an attack of epilepsy. And then he began to travel abroad, mainly in the Middle East. He went to Egypt and Iraq and whatever else. I can't remember what else it said, but he was definitely in the Middle East. He never married or he, and he didn't have children, but he did have a mistress and enjoyed both men and women prostitutes. Because of this, he lived with venereal disease most of his life, and he died at the age of 58 of a cerebral hemorrhage. So that was an interesting life of an interesting man, apparently. So the scripture of the day is Psalm 37, 5. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him. Very short, very sweet. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him. This brings me to my main subject. Okay, like I said, softball season's over, and we're, we're between seasons now, so my schedule is loosened quite a bit. No, I'm no longer going. I'm no longer going to the gym. I'm struggling with that. I loved going to the gym. I did it three days a week with Ed. Also, uh, I, I loved the ladies. I loved, I loved going to the gym and dealing with the ladies and working out and stuff like that. But with my I, I really was pretty hobbled with my feet and with this knee and I couldn't, I really couldn't justify paying for a gym membership and $60 per physical therapy session. And I just really couldn't afford to do both. And so I'm doing the physical therapy, getting, getting, getting my exercise in that way. But I guarantee you, as soon as I can get my physical therapy over and start uh, getting being able to afford going to the gym again, I want to go back to the gym. But right now, I'm not going to the gym. I'm doing my exercising at home. That is freeing up some more time in the morning to do some stuff like scything, you know, for the pigs and doing stuff like that. Uh, the weather has cooled, um, so I can get out. I can stay out there longer without being way uncomfortable. And I'm, so I'm doing stuff in the morning. The desire to finish many projects has returned. I won't lie. I'm terrible. I don't know. I mean, even though the bathroom thing was inside, the heat uh, was pretty oppressive because it wasn't just heat. It was hot and very humid and was very dangerous. And uh, I live in a trailer house. And so even the inside of the house didn't cool off that much a lot. And so the desire to do much was was diminished, uh, honestly. And uh, so my desire to, well, I want my bathroom, so I need to get that done. But I've also got some other projects and stuff going too. Like I need to repair the wind damage to the skirting before the cold weather does hit. And there's some other preparations I need to do before before the coming winter. So I'm recommitting to that. I have lots of ideas for content. I'm working on that too, and I'm looking forward to following through with those. So in other words, I'm ready to commit to this podcast and to my YouTube channels 
and I'm looking and I'm glad that we're between seasons at school. I mean, physical therapy going like Kenzie's going twice a week. I'm only going once a week, but uh, we're, that's taking some time away too. But it's still with the break in the heat, with the end of softball season and being between seasons, because you know it's going to be that way in basketball too once it starts. Well, but it's going to be right now is a good time for me to recommit and hopefully I can get the, I can get the momentum going enough that I can uh, keep it going even after basketball season starts or whatever else comes up in my life. Okay. Um, I have a new session. Oh, not segment of uh, session, but segment. And I've been thinking about this and taught and mulling it over for, Oh no, months now. And try to decide how I'm going to do this. So the reason I knew was re researching the bank rush of 1930 because it has been on my heart for a long time to get ready for the next Great Depression. My whole way of setting up my farm out here is in preparation for the Great Depression. Uh, and if it doesn't happen, that is great. I'm not one of those that's going, oh, I'm ready for collapse of society. I'm ready for this. I'm ready for that. I'm not ready. I'm doing my very best to make sure that my family can eat no matter what happens into the world and stuff. So, um, but I want to share it with you. I want to share with you my reasons for working on getting ready for the next Great Depression. I want to share with you what it is that I... Uh, am doing so that maybe you can consider what you want to do too um you know just in case there is a upcoming great depression but it, so i'm studying the great depression and i'm just getting started so i can have see kind of what happened how it happened and what's going on there and i have to admit there's a lot of things that are kind of parallel with it and stuff so we we do need to be prepared um my thing is of course a lot of people that i'm in that i uh following around our preppers uh you know the beans bullets and band-aids and all that other stuff too well okay yeah we need some of that too but when you stockpile your food the great depression lasted 10 years is your food going to last you 10 years you know what are you going to do to renew that food and so that's kind of what i'm doing but so the, but the, you, if you look at your grocery bill and the gas prices and everything that's happening right now, prices are really going up. And they, you know, they can tell you all, they can tell you all day long that it only, that it's down to 2% or something like that. It's 2% on top of the 7% that was before in the month before and the 7% for the month before that. It's not going down. That's just only, it's only up 2% plus all that other stuff, you know, and anybody who looks at, any of their expenditures know that what they're telling is a lie. So it's time to figure out how to function and work well, regardless of what the prices are, regardless of what's going on in the world. So that's what I'm going to start doing segments, giving a little snippets of what I've not only what I've learned, but how it can help us get through whatever we possibly could be going through this is not a fear factor thing i don't want to scare anybody i just want you to be prepared i want you to thrive i want you to be happy i want you to be able to function and do well regardless of what happened in the world so that's that so my i'm going to have a new segment is are you ready for the next great depression uh 
My story of the day, uh, like I was saying earlier, can continue to struggle with her knee, but she, how oh, that's one thing. She, she doesn't look anything like me. A lot of people tell me, well, I mean, whenever I was younger, she may have, I don't know. She doesn't, I don't think she looks anything like me. She has lived around with me long enough to know, uh, to have, uh, adapted some of my things and she is competitive and she's very stubborn her father's not that way her her father well I mean, he's probably stubborn but he's never been competitive and she's very competitive and uh right now in basketball because she's she's competitive she's not allowing that knee to heal and she wants to be the fastest she wants to be the toughest she wants to be the strongest and she wants to be the best and she's coming home hurting every night so i and explain to her how to slow down and to heal. And um, it's kind of hitting home with me because, you know, like I was doing that, that uh, step aerobics the other day, I'm trying to heal. I've got, I've got a lot of damage in my feet and my knee, uh, a lot of calcification in my feet, uh, you know, just, just, just a lot of damage, but I still want to keep going and keep and stuff. So too. So I'm trying to explain to her to slow down as at the same time where i'm trying to speed back up again i don't know it's been so so it's it's making me think and observe and try to my main thing is i want to help her and so that's what uh, i'm trying to say there so my question of the day is do you have difficulty determining when you should slow down and when you should tough it out and power through i have trouble with that you know because sometimes no matter how bad you hurt you got to get up I know when I was a single mom, it didn't make any difference how I felt or what was going on. I had to put food on the table and I had to go to work. And so, but as I'm aging, I'm realizing that I can't always do that. So I, do you have that difficulty? Do you, do, do you have trouble determining when you should have slowed down and you didn't or something? I don't know. Email me at theciaellis.com, not .com, theciaellis at gmail.com, T-H-E. C-I-A-E-L-L-I-S at gmail.com. Okay, my income production, producing, my income producing activity of the day, of this episode is the Self-Reliance Festival. Guys, it's coming up in just a couple of weeks. I'm excited. And you know what I haven't told you about the Self-Reliance Festival? If you can't go, right now it's $95 for two days. And they've got segments like the day before, and I don't even know what the price of them are. Go follow my link below to Self-Reliance uh, festival.com i believe is uh, what it is and uh and there's also a, there's something going on thursday um, friday and there's also something going on monday and then the regular savings for 95 dollars is on is on saturday and sunday and that's the two days i will be there but i forgot to tell you they have digital passes so go on there you can buy the digital passes basically um all of the speakers they will have recorded everyone and we're going to have some really cool people there and you can learn a lot of things and, and do it. And the $95 it takes to be there in person is definitely well worth it. And if you think about it, if you got a digital pass, that's even better in some ways. Okay. Let me rephrase that. The digital pass is very cool. You're not going to have the one-on-one -on -one camaraderie with the people that are there, but you've also got something that you can watch and rewatch and, and, uh absorb the information they're putting there with you so there's pretty cool stuff in between so if you can't go but you want to learn from it do the digital pass part and uh, so like i said go below to the to the selfrelancefestival.com i'm so looking forward to going and uh looking forward to 
seeing some of you there too. Um, I would appreciate it. And whatever podcatcher uses, they're going to put uh, go in there and give me a review. I would really like a five star review. I know I have a lot to learn. I've got a lot to do, uh, uh, but I'm looking forward to uh, learning more and doing a better job for you. But I would appreciate if you give me a review too. Where I can be found, my uh, website is grandma'shomestead.farm. Um, I have a Grandma's Homestead YouTube channel. Um, Farm Animal Life YouTube channel. I've been doing a little bit more of that recently. I'm on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook as Thesia Ellis or some vari variation of Thesia Ellis. I'm also on MeWe, Twitter, and Rumble for Thesia Ellis too. On Facebook, uh, yeah, I'm on Facebook and doing a lot of some stuff. I'm mean, like, okay, you know, Nicole Sauce says that my three things I do are my three things, and I and I uh, at least five days a week I post. Not only what my three things are for the day, but I also like to post whatever we're going to have for dinner that night, too. And uh, so, I don't know. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be working and doing stuff. I know that I've been kind of saying that for a while. It's like, oh, I made it through. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm back in the saddle and stuff like that. Um, all I can do is take it one day at a time and do the very best I can on each of those days. And that's the only thing I would expect of you to get up, get off the couch, do what you can do for that day, get it done. Enjoy your life and live. Live until you die, guys. God bless. I'll see you next time.